Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, everybody? I am back with another live. This time, I'm going live with the DP slash filmmaker, colorist, Joel Black, all the way from Australia. I'm so excited. You guys have to check out his page, Joel Black. Check out his page, go online, look him up on Google, check out his website. The dude is more than legit and can help you start your own thing. And that's what we're going to be talking about. What's going on, Joel? How's it going, brother? Good, man. How are you doing? Good, dude. Look at your setup, man. Putting me to shame. Look at this. Oh, I, I, I secretly gave a little tidy before, before dude, we sat down. Listen to yeah. that accent. Guys, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? That's amazing. Yeah. Aussie, dude. mate. All right, brother. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about. Well, obviously, my name is Joel Black. Um, and I'm from Australia. Uh, I am a, uh, a DP, uh, colorist, filmmaker. Um, I have my own production company, which, is, which you know I've been building up for the last 12 years. And we started, you know, off as a, in music production as a recording studio, and sort of stemmed and branched out from there. And we just built it and built it and built it to here we are today. Doing uh, I handle all the the video side of things here, so I do a lot of commercials, and music videos, and you know the short and feature films, and coloring not not just stuff we do, but uh, a lot of stuff from overseas as well. We'll uh, outsource to us to do a lot of posting, coloring, sound mixing, and things like that. But but my core here is just you know. Uh, coloring and post-production and, and video and filming. Dude, amazing stuff. I, I spent like, I ended up spending so much time on your website. Um, oh, awesome. I watched a little Lego film that you did, which was so epic. Dude, that, it's... man, that was a lot of fun, hey. That was like, that brought out the big kid in me because I used to love like us. Your demo reel is so amazing. I mean, my I always tell people, hey, don't make your demo mo like longer than a minute. But yeah. I was watching yours and I was at like a one minute mark when I was kind of like, I was like, I don't want it to end. And then I scroll over and it was like, okay, it's going to go on for a little bit. I'm like, I'm so stoked. This is so That's good. awesome. That's, that's great to hear. Cause you know, I'm, man, I watch your stuff all the time and I really love what you do. And, and, um, you know, I really, I, I, you know, I agree with that. It's, it's, I always want to keep things as short as possible online because people's attention spans just so, so small these days with content online. And and that's one of the things which I'm sure lots of people struggle with is that uh, that that showreel length because you want some great stuff in there, uh, not only you know shot wise but um, to tell the story, and uh, it's sort of you know you, you can get get a little bit uh, carried away with the time there, can't you? It's it's okay because I feel like for cinematographers and for colorists and demo reels are just such a tricky thing and i know like when we're having a conversation like the platform that i have set up here is that it's like i don't follow anything like as soon as like yeah. you know we follow a pattern like then it's like it's a chokehold i don't like to do that so we're gonna free flow but yep. let's just talk about this demo reel situation and it's like dude there is no set rule right i feel yeah. like the bottom line is that if you are a newcomer if you're just starting out have humility and keep it tight because nobody's going to tell you that your work sucks but it's not going to be as great as like you know the stuff that you have on your reel or you know me being fortunate enough to like have worked with some you know awesome companies and then yeah. that kind of stuff then you can roll it a little bit longer because i feel like then it becomes more than just like 
hey, I work with this brand and that brand, then it's just the art. Like when I'm watching, you know, your reel, it's still like done in a sequential order. So I see these different color palettes and we move from one environment to another. So like, I'm really getting a better sense if I want to hire you uh, either as a team or an individual as just a DP. When I'm looking at that, I actually want it to breathe so I can see what, what you should do with the movement. And like, if you can tell a story. So I feel like it really comes down to, it, there is no set rule, like, you know, your reel should be a minute long, but I feel like a lot of the times I'm kind of generalizing it, speaking to, yeah. you know, people who are just starting out, uh, because people who've been around, they kind of get it, right? Like, they, they, yeah. they know what's, what's what and what's working. But people who are starting out, I think for them, it's a good rule to keep it short, keep it tight, start with the best stuff, because people make that mistake of, like, keeping the, saving the best for last. And it's like, That's right. nobody, nobody's going to stick around, man. Just like you said, this is the vine. Like, you know, uh, vine is not even around anymore, but this yeah. is the vine, like, you know, era where, you know, the attention span is six seconds long and boom, they're out, you know? Yeah, so, so, so right, man. So right. Tell me a little bit about, like, you know, I want to I take it outside of US. So tell me a little bit about... Um, how, what what it's like the industry in Australia and I don't mean just the film industry I mean like in general like a video production like what's okay, the yeah, scope yeah. and where where does everything fall so you know take it yeah from. it's uh, so Australia is a bit of a, a bit of a tricky one because obviously we do, we're not the size of something like the US or UK or anything like that like it's a, a, it's a we're a very small population in comparison. And that means that um, we're, we're flooded with people trying to do, you know, uh, new people trying to get into the video production field, um, which is just cutthroat. People are just undercutting themselves. And it's just, it, it just seems to be a race to the bottom a lot of the time. For that sense, it's a very you know, close-knit community. And um, you, you find people that uh, you want to work with and they want to work with you. And um, you create some, you know, special stuff together uh, in the aim, like like we all do here, to uh, I suppose gain success in the overseas share market as well. So that's kind of where the where we sit as uh, Australians in the video production thing. You know, we've got we've got a local TV stations and and our streaming services and things like that. But but again, they're just it's just not the same the same consumer uh, there that uh, allows us to um, put limit you know huge budgets into production so yeah that's that's the bit of a struggle here so you know in the commercial world of things it's it's very very yeah very similar the companies don't have huge production budgets for that reason and we have to sort of cater for that so i suppose the uh the the good thing is um you know everyone's eager for the work down here so uh we're all jumping on it as, as much as possible but like i said we're, we're all we're all chasing that dream to to have a larger share i suppose and and um work working more to do what we love and, and to fund that so as you know i mean it costs money to do what we do and uh, <laughs> you know you've got to make it happen so uh i think what i've learned here is is to find you know good core people to to work with and and that way you can um work together towards that that goal um, in, in unity. Um, and that's sort of a lot more people see the product that you're, you're producing that way. So I got to be honest with you. It just sounds like exactly how things are here. Like as you're crazy, right. as, I'm not joking. As crazy as it sounds from a different country that, you know, us got the sauce and we got the hot, we got Hollywood and we got all these things like so many TV shows and Netflix is putting out, yep. popping out Netflix original every single day. Bottom line is that it's still really tight. 
And yes. uh, it's sort of like, you know, when I moved to California, I used to live in Chicago. So when I moved to California, I just walked into Columbia Pictures and, you know, like I just thought like if I, I'm going to walk in with a resume, <laughs> hopefully I'm going to get a job. So I just That's walked awesome. right in and I talked to, I happened to talk to like one of the HR people and they said, son, are you, uh, you know, part of the family? And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, yes. well, you know, you got to be a family if you want to be here. So like, in other words, you know, it's, it's exactly the same. I personally voluntarily like chose the commercial route over film because the yep. whole karate kid mentality where you got to pick up a broom regardless of where you came from and you kind of have to prove yourself to climb up those ranks from like PA to whatever. I yep. just don't abide to that. Like, that's just not my thing. That's not how I roll. I feel like it's yeah. just, it's condescending and it's stupid and it's archaic and it's like, I don't know. It's from like the 14th century. So yes. what, I, what I'm trying to say is that things are exactly the same in that regard. But I think what I'm more interested in hearing is that the thing that U.S. does have and also probably the world because of the Internet is that nowadays it's easy to kind of replace your, you know, nine to five with the side hustle being your full time thing. So I'm a living oh, proof so of easy. that. I'm I'm a living proof of that, you know, since 2012, I kind of just went the freelance route. So I'm more interested to hear about that in terms of opportunities. Like, are there a lot of mom and pop that you can approach and do a little, you know, corporate video for and make some money and then go and do something else, stuff like that? Like, is, is yeah, that... Look, there definitely is. And, and this is a really interesting topic because I, I've had this, few, this discussion a few times in the past. And this comes back to... Um, everyone sort of that that race to the bottom, and I suppose that sort of you know mum and pop company that that you that you speak of there, um, sort of getting in there and 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 doing uh, whether it's some online content and stuff like that. Like the internet has really made the world smaller. And like I said, I do a lot of online stuff for overseas clients as well for for either post you know, grading and things like that. But here, you sort of people I find expect, and I and I I think this comes from technology like mobile phones being able to hit record with a with my iPhone that does 4K and then I can right. just edit in iMovie on my mobile phone and yeah yeah add effects and there we go you know so it's sort of that mentality I suppose comes down to clients that they have that expectation when they say oh can you just do this for me You're like great okay well we need to plan this you know we need to do some pre-production and storyboard and you know all the process and and, right. and here's here's the price or you know and they're sort of like, oh why well no that's too much just just come press record just make me a video it's like my son can do it on a gopro that i feel is sort of um the well i said there's there's lots of work out there for i suppose micro filmmakers it's there's that medium sort of tier that's hard to sort of yes uh when you get to that point to jump up into the larger commercial realm or something right. like that because you so right. you, you need to you know you start to respect yourself more and understand right. where you're at and then trying to jump that next step forward, you know, it comes back to the other scenario where it's already a close-knit community and people have who they work with. But, you know, it's it's something that I, I've i always had this this plan in my head because I come from a musical background as well. And uh, a close friend of mine, uh, I, I told him one day, because he was asking me, oh, how do I play? I want to play for the big stars. You know, I said, well, that, that's where that ship sailed. You know, there's already... They've already got their guys that they, that they play with and they right. call on. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be a very slim chance they're going to call you. And right. by the time that you're ready to step up to that, they're going to be retired. Right. Um, but it's the people that you that you network with now and and play with now, and you know, and in the film industry, you know, you're just finding that that's that that these people that you work with and have a creative bond with and and create some great stuff. 
that it will eventually turn into in 10 or 15 years time that'll turn into the to that's where you'll become in the next level that's where you'll be working uh with the people that you wish you were there working with now you've become those people or the people you're working with become those people so i think it's very important that people maybe look at the pool of people and not disregard the people they're working with so quickly and not try and you know but that's where i want to be up there tomorrow because it's not going to happen tomorrow you know, it takes a lot right. of hard work and persistence. And, and I think that's uh, sort of the key to, to, to take going from those next levels. So, you know, starting in content and, and learning and those sort of things to those small companies. Like I said, there's, there's lots of those around. There's lots of opportunities around here for people to do that. And that's a, that's a great start. But I think it's very important people not to undervalue themselves because that hurts themselves in the future in the industry. But also, like I said, don't disregard those relationships you're building along the way, you know, build more relationships and work with more people and, and um, foster those relationships through things. You know, if you get a job, take, take them along, bring them on with you or, and, and vice versa and, and build up that, that team. You know, it's uh, I work with uh, a, a very close friend of mine uh, who's a director and I've worked with quite a few commercials and films with now Robert Roworth. Um, and I know he's probably watching. Uh, we we just we were up at three o'clock this morning to do a That's to do it. a shoot and and yesterday so it's uh what is it it's, it's uh could have us two in the afternoon here so we're all looking forward to sleep. That's one thing that that uh, Rob and I have, have really um, collected together is um uh, is that that the relationship that res- that, that um, respect and creative relationship together where I trust his vision and, and what he what he comes up with and the scripts he writes and. And I just like to hear the story that he's come out with and, and I can just envision stuff in my head. And we sort of go on this bit of a, we'll go on set and we go on this rant and let's go over here, let's do that, let's do that. And we, we're both on the same page doing things that complement each other. And That's the most beautiful thing. That, exactly. That like, yeah. like I, the, nothing excites me more. And that's like just me geeking out. But like when I see Mitch Paulson, like who is Roger Deakins colorist, like when I see him yes. with Roger Deakins, I'm like, yeah. yes, you know, that's when Blade Runner <laughs> You know happens, it's going to look great. That's when Sicario happens, and you're like, oh, so good. And then you see, and the new combination I feel like that's going to be killer is Lawrence Schur and uh, Jill Bogdanovich, the, the girl who did Joker, and then, yeah, you know, the yeah. DP of Joker. Like, that combo, like, you know, I just start, like, getting so pumped when I see that, and I feel like it comes from that understanding and that long-term relationship. I exactly. just could not agree more. I feel like it's the, the name of the game is patience. But at yes. the same time, uh, another thing that I want to ask you is that um, the, the high ticket jobs, the big ticket jobs, the thing with those is that, you know, they are far and few, right? So they I mean, they're like, they're, that's not something like, you know, sure, like I can, you know, jump on a job and like make, you know, freaking 10K, 15, 20K a week. But those jobs are not happening every every week, every other week, you know, so then you got your bread and butter, which, you know, in sounds like in your case, in my case, it's like a lot of like, you know, branded content. And that's just like recurring and like we can that's turn right. and burn. And the quality is still freaking there because this stuff five years from now, they, that that stuff was quoted for like probably six million dollars. That's what's, you know, now it's quoted quoted for like hundred thousand dollars, just exactly. because the amount of content that's being put out. But I think I am past that point where I can just sit here and cry myself to sleep thinking about what happened to my $6 million budget to like, you know, $100,000, because I feel like the quantity you can make up with the quantity. Like, you know, last year, like I freaking killed it, like with how much money I made and the least amount of days that I worked because I hired colorists from Russia. 
I paid them in their money and then I charged in dollars like USDs. And it's like, yep. once I figured out that game, I was like, huh, like, it's kind of crazy. Like now I'm like quadrupling, like quadruple booking myself. I'm taking four jobs a day and I'm like That's shipping awesome. out three jobs. And my, like my client is fine because he knows that I run a small shop and that's the whole premise of like my business. It's a virtual yes. post studio. So what I'm saying is like, there's so many different venues and I feel like bringing in a different country and different perspective. Another thing that I'm very interested in knowing is that even in United States, film industry when it comes to full-time jobs is not treated as like the tech industry you know like you know the tech industry job as a starter would be like freaking six figures whereas yeah. as an editor you freaking start off at $45,000 a like a year and then over time you can get to freaking 75 or 80,000 and that's a really yes. good paying job and that's freaking, that's right that's garbage if you live in California for $80,000 you know, you can't even afford a car. So yes, you know. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely the same here. Like it, it's, it's peanuts. Like I said, it, it's a race to the bottom. You know what I mean? People, people put on uh, people all the time for, for, for peanuts and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonder how they live, but you know, we, what, a shame, I suppose if we if, what a shame. So yeah. this one time I'm, I'm grading something and it's a buddy of mine. I'm not going to say his name, but, and, and he's a art, he's an associate art director for a creative agency. So he works on really cool, like awesome, awesome stuff. So I'm grading some stuff for him from my home office, home studio. And he drove over to chill out with me and we were just like kicking it and working. And I, he pulled out some documents to show me like what he was looking for. And he, by mistake, just left his like pay stub out. And <laughs> I didn't want to look at it, but I kind of did. And what it turned out, again, it doesn't matter because like he doesn't even know who I'm talking about. So, but yeah. it turned out, we're talking about an associate creative director, a really freaking high up there dude is making under six figures. Dude, are you yeah. freaking kidding? And he's full time and I'm part time. I'm pretty, and f on that particular job for like a four day gig, I was making more than what he was going to make in a month. So yeah. it's like, I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, I'm in my PJs. I'm like petting my cat <laughs> and I'm like grading with my other hand. Like, I'm like, you know. That is awesome. You know what I mean? But that, so, what but I'm that's, saying that's is like, so you're saying it's a similar thing over there? It, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. Like, you know, you work with a lot of people and creative directors and advertising agencies. It's the same because to them, it's, it's just a salary job. And, you know, companies are looking to save a dollar. And I, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of those people are high turnover. They're always moving you know, to another agency every couple of years. And, and I think that's just for, you know, increased pay, increased pay, better opportunity. Yes. You know, where if they were getting paid respectively for what they're worth or what, what their job's doing, they'd, I suppose they'd stick around. If the companies were investing into that person more, that would stick around. And I think that's, um, I mean, freelancing is just getting more and more popular for that reason. You know, people, uh, and it comes back to value, valuing yourself, you right. know what I mean? And, you're, and understanding yes. your value. Um, because if you don't do that, you're going to be, Number one, just accepting anything you can take at, at a small amount of prices, thinking that's the way to do it. And then you're never going to get out of that rut. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that causes a problem on its own. Are you ready to say something there? Yeah. I want to ask you a very important question on that. And now we're going to start yeah. drilling in and ask specific questions because I feel like, again, like I said, people who are, who've been around the block and doing stuff, we can all figure out on our own, but I feel like I like to keep these things a little bit more targeted toward people who are getting into this industry because yeah. ultimately 
my goal is to just turn every single creative out there um, and as an entrepreneur and a freelancer, because I feel like if you're going to sustain being in this industry, you have to like do it on your own. You just cannot you like, you know, hide behind like what you're talking about. Like, you know, yeah. yes, there's a turnover and people are like, you know, jumping from job to job, but still not coming down to what you can make as a freelancer. And like, if you yeah. turn yourself into a small corp or something like that. So the question that I want to ask you is in this day and age, yes, I totally understand what you're saying. Like don't short sell yourself, but at the same time, what would you say for somebody who does not have the same kind of leverage that you and I may have, and they're in that tough situation where the other person is, you know, trying to lowball them or, you know, how do you approach it? Let's just say the project has some potential, but then they're just paying you, you know, almost nothing and you have time. Should you take it? Should you not take it? And, and I'm making this sort of like a, you know, easier scenario, but I just want to take your, like, I want to get your take on it because I've lost jobs for both reasons. I've lost jobs because I've underquoted myself and the big company thought that I was a chump. Now, yeah, I yep. underquoted myself because I said, holy shit, they're just going to be like, yes, yes, we want you. Like now we want to put you on seven different projects. But that was, you know, the old me, the, the 2015 that, you know, I was learning. So what I'm asking yeah. you is that where do you stand on that? Like, are you just like firm that, hey, this is my rate. I don't care if you're Adidas or if you're Apple or are you kind of like, you know, you just like feel it out? Well, uh, look, it, it, it's it's a I'm very I am firm what I do. Um, I, I have my um, my set rates that I, that is my, that I use as my guide. You know, I know that this is how much work I put into something and I know this is how much I need to cover my time and what it's worth. And this coming back to that, you know, understanding what you're worth. And when people come to me and want what I've done or what I've produced and they want the same thing, well, that's, you know, if they, this is the price for that, you know, and if they don't have the budget for that, it, then that comes down to the project and how, how far off or how, how much they have in their budget, you know. Um, obviously, if it's, you know, if it's little to nothing um, and I don't see anything in the project that I is going to improve uh, myself, you know, if, if it's, if it's something um, like I said, that, that, that group, that those people that I work with, like Robert, when he comes to me with something, you know, we do those things on our own back. Sometimes we want to do a, a, a feature film. It's like, you know, great, let's do it. You know, he'll bring something to me. I trust what he does. Yes. And we'll go do it. And that costs us money more than anything. You know, him right. and I book money into it. We get what we need to do and we, we make it happen. Um, because we know that at the end, we have something that we're proud of and we've learned so much in doing that we can take that knowledge to and, and what we've done as a showcase yes. to the next and project. Leverage that. Yep. Exactly. So in that case, I, I completely agree with that, with that, that sort of thing. But, and you, I take that with clients as well. If I see a client that has something that, that will benefit me in some way in either um, learning something, like it's something I've never done before and I'd really like the opportunity to try it because I think it'd be really cool. You know, that's something I would look at for, for lesser than I would normally be charging for that, you know, to, but you know, you've also got to look at it, that valuing yourself and what are you giving this client that they want? And what are they going to get out of it in the end? And, you know, if, if you know, someone like Coca-Cola comes to you and says, well, you do this for $1,000, and you sort of, oh, hang on, that's, you know, a, a tenth of what I would charge to do that. And you're going to use this and have, uh, you know, 
half a right. million people or millions of people view that and turn that into five or six million dollars of sale of you know coca-cola cans and sales right. that seems a little bit you know unfair yes it might be great to say look i did this for coca-cola but in the end what what's that really going to get other than maybe a local drink shop or you know Right. because i've done that so i i think it's it's a bit of a like like i said it, it's it's you've got to assess each project and figure out right. if it's really going to be worth your while what you're going to get out of that as well what i'm noticing is that big companies big personal brands they leverage the heck out of you know who they are and i have been underpaid and gotten nothing out of those big gigs compared to some small shops like mediocre i'm not talking about like super you know like startups yeah. but those companies will just it's like literally no questions asked policy you're going to be like yes. hey for this 15 you know second vignette it's going to be this much and they're like cool like whatever just send us an invoice yeah. and then like i'm saying like there's these huge companies that i'm like okay so i'm not going to release the company's name but really big company in California that does color. So, uh yeah. th- this dude reached out to me and he runs a banger YouTube channel over 20 million plus subscribers like a sensation in US. And the dude reached out and said, "Hey, I'm the creative director of this dude, you know, YouTube's channel and we love your work. Would love for you to color our next music video." And I'm like, "What's the budget?" And he's like, "There is no budget." And uh, what yeah. you're going to get is that you're going to work with such a big name and I'm like, uh and that's like all you guys do on the channel is give away teslas like to your freaking janitors <laughs> like what's going yeah. on i don't understand and he's like well you know bro like there's not anything to understand you know you're you're just going to get this name and you're going to be in this bubble so like what's more important to you and then he told me who they went with last and that's that big company i'm talking about and i'm like hey listen i'll do this for free just give me something tell me how did the talk go the negotiation go with that company and how much did you guys pay them and he literally said he's like we paid that company 2000 bucks for a music video and i'm like i will not freaking charge that yeah. so what the hell is going on so what i'm saying is that right now because of the competition these big guys are trying to monopolize the entire game which affects you know everybody else because these huge 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 colorists and these huge companies that if they're going we're going to undercut kazi we're just going to take everything we just want it all we don't care we got like yeah. all these different tiers of like colorists senior colorists lots, like lots of interns blah, blah, blah. we're just going to take it all so what i'm saying is that last year for me i kind of like took a 180. I used to be exactly what you're talking about. It's just like, yeah. hey, that's my rate, you know, boom. Like it's my way or the highway, that's just what it is. And what happened last year is that I started like kind of thinking of my time as when I'm not working I'm making $0. I'm worth $0. So like I really yeah. just like it it took a lot of humility because I don't ever want to think that. I felt like even when I was 15, I was worth like $5,000 an hour for some reason. But I mean, I just feel like, you know, like last year I was just like, you know what? That's it. Like I just got to start thinking like that. I even took like some gigs, like 3 minute short film on Instagram for 500 bucks because I'm like, I'm not working and it's literally going to take me an hour. So if I make 500 bucks in an hour, that's not a bad rate. I'll take it. And I did it. So what I'm saying is that I think 
it goes from project to project and i could not agree more with you like i am 1000% with you on these big companies trying to use that as a leverage and then you can kind of just like give them the middle finger and walk away but yeah. i feel like you kind of have to just put yourself first and kind of see Completely. what what it is that i'm getting from it like do i need okay sure it's l'oreal but do i need l'oreal as like my brand because that's not my audience i'm the sheet and sheet metal guy i work on car commercials this one off thing is not necessarily going to kick me off to like this beauty like world you know what i mean i need more than just one so then if they want a pro bono gig from me maybe i can just say no to them you know i mean it's yeah. like a off tangent but i feel like it's important to talk about these things so people have it, it, uh, it definitely is and i completely completely agree um like i said i've i've done i've done free work like i said it's it's all to evaluation you know you you can do those cheaper jobs and those free work especially if you're not doing anything if you've got nothing on there's man, i completely agree with that because it, like i said that's assessing what you're going to get out of it and if that's doing something because you're going to uh, you know increase your talent and what you do for that right i completely agree with doing that yeah how much do colorists make basically is like australian rates for colorists joel like is there is there like a let's just give them an average branded content day rate like average oh gee okay that's uh that would depend on uh i suppose the the level you're working with so uh if you're working for a company or anything like that, you could just be on a, a salary freelancers you you probably be looking at anywhere between 800 to 2500 a day but but again i can only really speak from experience i i haven't outsourced that much color locally so it's, it's a bit hard for me to you know like i said i've got our rates here that we work with and that's sort of what we're that that's what we're aiming to do um we've got multiple suites and you know we're trying to uh, bring through you know when we've got jobs coming through we try we have our daily uh amount that we like to book out the room sort of thing and how many jobs can we do in that day if we can do six in that day we'll divide that cost and uh if it's small content jobs and you know again it comes down to the budget but uh in there yeah, there's no real like like what's happened for there's no real hard and fast yeah yes yeah, it really just that yeah. that sounds like an average that sounds like an average rate for a similar job here I yeah. Mean, I, yeah like i mean i haven't done my homework enough to know the the currency you know uh conversion like between usd and australian you know the currency but i feel like it's exactly around the same here too for you know if i'm like if we're working for like nissan or toyota or stuff like that and it's yeah. it's like a yeah. branded content um i want to ask you a specific thing uh pertains to you and obviously you can take it into somebody who's starting out in this decade is it important to be a specialist like be really great at one thing editor colorist whatever or is it better to kind of be you know have like multiple skills under your belt that's a really interesting topic actually because i i think and i come from the one man band you know i i was that guy that did everything yeah and um i suppose uh where that got me was respect um and understanding of all parts of of every every uh field and job there um but it never got me to master one of them and i think to for longevity i think you really need to be the master at something if you want to be known for something and to make money and like i said i started off in the music industry i was producing music i was mixing music i was doing photography photo editing 
music videos, editing, color grading, um, you know, you, you name it yeah. here. We, I, I was doing it. I was doing marketing and things like that. And what I, what I learned pretty quickly is I, um, I couldn't bring in much money throughout the year because yeah. I was stuck on one client doing all those yes. things. And, you know, and their expectations kind of grow over time. Exactly, exactly. And, and then it starts to get to the point where it's like, why aren't I inventing? Why aren't I getting better at this? Why, why, how do I get better at this? But I don't have time to learn anymore because I've got to do this at the moment. And that, I think, you know, while ever it's, it's expected these days, going back to the original conversation we had at the start about technology, you know, people can get their phone, yes. take a photo, take a video, right. edit it and be right. done. And that, that expectation on us as filmmakers is you show up with a camera, hit record. And when you go home, just send it to me, you should be done. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. They're just yeah. like, uh, you don't need to color it. Like, you know, what, what, what exactly. What, what is coloring? I don't do that on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, um, you know, that sort of it, there is an element to, um, to doing everything because it, it helps you understand the role uh, that everything, you know, I, I would never have become, um, you know, start chasing uh, and offering color as a colorist if I didn't um, understand what it meant yes. 10 years ago, you know, 100%. and that come from being frustrated with my work and yes. why can't I make, you know, I, I can spend $10,000 on a camera, but why doesn't it look like that? Yes. And that's because, you know, these are the tools but it takes years to master them. And, and I, I'm still, I'm still entry level. Like I, I, you know, I, I've got so much to learn. Um, great attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, you know, your, your course, man is great. I, I joined that because I'm, I'm hungry for it. I want to know things that I may not know. And, uh, you know, I love what you do. So I join your course because I'm like, you know what, this guy might have something to show me that I don't know yet. That's and, awesome. and I do, you know, I, I, there's lots of uh, courses that I, that I join online for that reason. And I never went, you know, to a college or, or, or anything right. like that. I, I'm completely just self-taught and that, you know, the internet, that's a good thing about the internet. Um, so back, I mean, back, I'm, I'm rambling now. So back to the original, uh, original thing is I think it's very important for people to, um, as they're starting to do everything. Um, number one, you're not going to know what you like, you know, you might think I want to be a, you know, a cinema photographer, because that's what you think that is. And then when you get in those jobs, you realize that, you know, I like coloring more, or I like being a director more, or I want to be a sound recorder. You know what? I don't like any of this at all. I'm going to be a doctor. Yes. Um, and I think the only way to do that is to try everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. then once you figure out, a, you know, you, you'll sort of gravitate towards something, you'll enjoy it, you'll find out that, hey, I'm really good at this. That's, I suppose, when you figure out, this is what I need to master, you'll know where the future is in that, where the market is, how much you could potentially earn if you did this. Right. And I mean, you'll never work a day in your life because you'll love doing it anyway. Right. I've, I've been, uh, you know, self-employed now for over 12 years and yes. it's just, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I love it, man. It's, it's great. I can, I was at home today and we went out for a shoot three o'clock this morning. We finished by about six, six thirty. I went home. My boys are at home at school holidays. We just chilled yes. out and, you know, now we're in the office because I can't. You know, so it's um, it's 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 a life to have, and and you can make it happen. And and I think finding that passion to master is what's going to make it, you know, give you longevity in that. I think in a long, I just could not agree more because you know I went to school for cinematography. Um, well, it's a general program, but then you can like choose your concentrations. So I picked yep. up cinematography and minor in editing, and then 
cinematography led to color grading because you know there's something missing what is that something then you learn color grading the bit there's such a humongous difference and i'm talking about you know i'm talking about people that are not necessarily in the industry because then the quality control is different if you're working for company 3 you know you got this whole system that you're working within so like company 3 has its own look like a52 has its own look and the mill has its own look and they already got their sauces you know prepared so you yeah. go in as a colorist and then you work off of that so that's different i'm talking about you know people who aspire to be become colorists and things like that and then you know what you do and what i do you know the the you know running our own show and then working with companies and you know having a small team and one thing that i've noticed is that people who are traditional colorists and they don't know anything about cinematography and if they're not working for one of those umbrella like companies that i'm talking about they're missing that sauce the reason why I respect the exposure and I look at color grading as like painting is because I am a cinematographer first. So I yeah. respect, you know, to protect my highlights, to protect like my shadow detail, to get the most dynamic range, to understand the light meter. So when I'm pointing at something, I'm getting the right image, which also helps me when I'm grading to set the expectations right for my client because I know exactly what I can and can't do, whereas I just see people they're going to take a freaking you know overcast shot and then they want to make it look like you know mad max and they're going crazy they're like cozy dude i'm putting so much red into it and i'm going doing <laughs> this and i'm doing that why doesn't it look like this and i'm like because one there is like nothing but like just sunny like crazy blue skies <laughs> like you can do that and you are in like chicago and it's like raining yeah. like it will never look like this what were you thinking you know yeah. so i feel like knowing different things i've always believed in it that you know my biggest strength is as a content creator uh, or even as a colorist that because i know how to edit then i can make my tutorials compelling i can start mm -hmm. them off with a banging like first 15 seconds 20 seconds and boom we get right in and whereas a traditional colorist who might be better than me in in a skill set will not be able to convey that because he would know the first thing about editing same thing goes with cinematography like i feel like you can put all these things together but at the same time the strange thing that's happen happening right now to me that i'm learning is that the internet favors niche it's kind of weird it's like if today i make a tutorial on like how to shoot well because people have been asking me like for my talking head they're like dude like you should do a tutorial on that blah 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 if i were to do that it's going to freaking flatline because even yeah. youtube knows that hey your content should be like related to color grading that's the only way we're going to push it as soon as yes. i do anything different they'll just choke it and instagram has been doing the same exact thing like i've been kind of going crazy i'm like i'm trying to like diversify and put in more things but it's like every time i kind of step outside that like it just like boom it's gone like i'm nobody yes yeah yeah it it's it's completely yeah you're you spot on man it, it happens all the time you know it's it's the same with um all websites you know if your if your website has too much on it it's not going to really um uh it's confused well in, in right. google you know what i mean when people search for a colorist you know because you do so much just like well, we'll put you down there because we want people that act just specifically a colorist and that's what they do well you know because that's what they want google want their clients to be happy so that's um 
yeah, and that's, it's a very real thing. So I just feel like knowing that, I feel like my message to a lot of people like listening would be secretly know it all because you will need it. Like even having the skill to be a producer, like pick up the phone and get your friend to act in something or, you know, hit up your friend that knows an actor that you can get for free and then use them. Like, you know, if, you know, you're, you're a, you're good at communication you can talk to your like local like restaurant and have them like give you two hours after they close down so you can shoot a scene there like i feel like having these skills like if you want to be a colorist i tell everybody and even in my course um i talk about like hey pick up the camera go out there and freaking shoot like don't like sit back yeah. and cry about i don't have the footage kazi like you work with all this epic footage blah 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 like you know just just go out and do it like you know so i feel like exactly. secretly it's amazing to kind of be a jack of all trades and i'm not talking about i hate that saying master of none jack of all yeah, trades yeah, and master yeah, of none yeah. because i feel like I, i feel like i can like kick so many people's ass when it comes to cinematography it's that people don't even know me for cinematography but it's like i can like kick the f out like i can listen like i listen to roger deakins like in the background like all day long like i mean you know that yep. that's my passion like i like literally devour like you know textbooks on lighting and cinematography but what i'm oh, saying is God. that those things are good but then when it comes to creating content whatever i'm like as of now i'm focused on this niche and i feel like this is an important thing that people should know that there are certain things and i used to get so bummed like last year i asked my friend and i'm like bro like I want to start a company like what you know where we can offer cinematography like you know we can shoot we can edit we can color and he goes Kazi like dude you're you're like a color whiz you know you should just have a company that's like about color grading and it kind of hurt me I'm like dude but I can shoot <laughs> I can edit like what are you talking about but you know what yeah. I mean but now when I look at it and monetary value too like when you actually see like you know you're freaking you pick up your your tax docs and you just go okay like this pays this works let me stick with yeah. this and all those other things are for me that's my love that's right you know what i mean yeah yeah totally man Com completely agree and that's that's that i suppose that, that comes to you know finding that that niche and, and following that and and be that that's where your longevity is going to to appear it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the rest exactly and doesn't mean that you can't even openly do it like now i take that out like my cinematography side in you know my youtube videos because i'm like yeah. man I can either have them like super bland and nothing or I can just go all out and make them look crazy like you know just really have fun with it. So you know yeah. that and and you know obviously I spent so I mean you know you put me on the black magic ride remember I mean yeah. I <laughs> like I mean you send me the footage and I work on it and I'm like you know what like I'm calling it that's it I'm done. So yeah. You did this. Yeah yeah yeah. Um brother I want to ask you this. So this is also very very important and just being on your website looking at your page you know you're somebody who really really um values quality um that said i just want to ask you a direct question like if you have a choice between execution go 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 or strategy slash like quality obviously you know because strategy strategy will take time execution yes. means just go which one would you pick and why <clears throat> somewhere in the middle is there a choice there no <laughs> like, I mean, you can do one and two. You can do like seventy thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think. Look, I I do both. You know, um, I, I'd rather strategy. I mean, that's and and planning because I'm going to end up with the best possible product in the end. You know, being able to have the time and know what I'm going into, 
um, and and plan, uh, you know, not not necessarily plan a hundred percent where everything has to be done for that, um, but have um, a plan and an idea, and and you know, if it comes to shooting, for example, you know, understanding the look and how I'm going to light it and what what gear to go in with, and and if that requires to do a test, we do a test. Um, other, you know, and then there's shoots, you know, like content shoots where you just you're out the door. You know, you pull up with the with the, the grip band, and it's like you know we don't have time, let alone the budget, to start ripping out uh, you know stuff to shape light. So leave it in there. Let's just go with the camera, and we're going to create it. We're going to fix it in post, um, yeah. and you know, and, and hope for the best. And you know, it's it's not that it doesn't turn out great. Right. That stuff still turns out great, um, but it, but it's not going to be the stuff that you see in the movies if you know what i mean you know it's not it's not going to reach that level because again going back to that um you know uh, the jack of all trades you know that's that's exactly what that is um but if you want to really master something and get that look that comes down to that careful planning and understanding each role and how to execute that um so i i dare to say i'm more towards that than just executing straight away I, yeah. I'm gonna say I would say like you know at the end quality will win I will agree yeah. with that but I feel like to pretty much ninety percent of the people that are listening I would totally say just start like I mean yes. you know so many people and so many times like you know I mean I could have thought about it and then you know should I should I hit up like you know Joel and ask him if he wants to go live like before I was thinking about it I had already started talking like you know voice message yeah. to you and like just ask yeah. and see let's see what happens and then we'll figure it out and I feel like um that has been one of those things for me like I never considered myself like smarter than the next dude you know like I just I never I feel like I'm like a hard worker and I'm very persistent and that's like yeah. my specialty it's not necessarily like the Elon Musk smarts but I feel like another big thing that you know kind of played in my favor has always been like being decisive and execute and then kind of figure out the process along the way and I feel yeah. like it definitely is a blend of both and what you're saying and then eventually the quality will speak for itself because um i put in a lot of time into my website so today when i looked at your website i'm like man what a great website i'm like let me pull up my website and see all the things that i want to change i'm like you know it's been a while and i opened up my website and i just like started going through and i'm like holy hell man it's it's like it's really good like it just doesn't yeah. need to be changed because i had put so much freaking time into it so yeah. that's like a great film, right? Like if you like if you and I were to watch Seven today or like Fight Club, those movies still hold up. You don't just go, oh, oh it's yeah. so cringy, man. Like I can't stand that better. film. Like Gone Girl yeah. is so much better. Blah blah blah. It's like so. I feel like yes, quality at the end will win. But I feel like for a lot of you know the people that are listening to this. I think just go like just let's well, let's go. I, like, I I think it's also you're not going to get to that quality without the experience. Yes, you know, yes. and 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 that and go back Absolutely. to what we were saying before about the jack of all trades. You've got to experience all that. You know, I I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't just go out and pick up the camera and run outside and question everything I didn't post. You know, come back and go, why can't I get that look? Why is it looking like that? Why can't I achieve that? What did I do wrong? You know, and troubleshooting, that's troubleshooting is like my favorite part, dude. Like I spent <laughs> exactly. I spent like shameless amount of time troubleshooting. Like if you guys, if people start finding out where do I actually spend my time, 
it's like laughable. Like I'll be behind the computer, like fiddling with my like external yeah. graphic card and like figuring out like, is it really giving it enough juice as it says, like on a piece of paper? Like, dude, d- yeah, yeah. it's crazy. But those things are important because that's what turns into like this rapid fire. So when I'm like doing the Q&A and like all these questions are throwing at, you know, thrown at me, I'm just like going boom, 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 boom. Like it's all that then comes into play, you know? I yeah, agree entirely. Yeah, so, no, it's, definitely, it's definitely it. So, you know, what's your one Achilles heel? What is that one thing that you feel like, man, if I can just work on that or if I didn't have this, I would have been doing X, Y, and Z. Everybody has, you know, something. <laughs> I have mine. Mine's, mine's coloring. Your oh, stuff looks God. great. Uh, they, well, thank you. I mean, but, I, but... I really mean it. Like, I was actually watching it and I'm like, this stuff looks really good. Like, you know, you because there's certain, like, you know, shots that the BMW one sticks out, you know, because it's like, you know, you have this ana- analogous theme going on and it's like you stick with it. And it's like a very, as a colorist, that's a very bold choice because when yeah. you shoot on Black Magic, you got all that dynamic range, you got all that color fidelity, you kind of want to just like separate everything, right? Like you just want to yes. see it all. And for that's you right. to make that choice, that's how when I see a colorist, I, I, you know, I know one because it's like, I saw that and I'm like, Man, that's like a bold choice that he made there. And that kept happening like in different areas with your reel. And that's what made it so much more interesting than shots and things like that. So I don't know, dude. What else? You're, you're bullshitting. Something else. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think that, that's maybe you know, for the last few years, that's been it. That's, that's been mine. And that, I suppose that's what's driven me to really hone in and, and, and learn more about it. Um, like I said, it comes from that dabbling and everything and then going this is what I need. you know lighting was another one you know I need, and, and it still is like i said i'm still learning i still feel like an amateur and um everything i do i learn something or i come back and I, i'm looking at it and reviewing the footage and go i should have done that next time i'm going to do that and that's how you learn you know it's um I, i've built up a, a good kit of equipment over over the last 12 years um but that what that has taught me as well is that take me back to what I first had and I could do a much better job today. Oh my you know, God, because, dude, 100, yeah, I not agree more. Oh my God, yeah. yes. Yeah, like you know, there's something to be said about, you know, yes, the cameras I have now are great, a lot better than what I started with. But <laughs> the fact is, my, my, what I started on, the 7D was the first thing I started on. And that, if I went back today, it, man, I could do some yes. amazing shit with that today. <laughs> Dude, I'm so jealous of you. I started with like DVX 100 Panasonic. I don't oh. even know if you know what that is. No, I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like yeah. then we moved on to HVX 200, which was insane. It was HD and I dropped like the Lotus, like uh, 35 oh. millimeter adapter and got that yes. look. Yep. Old like, you know, um, uh, Helios and like all those like old vintage glass and like, all that, you know, so it's like, yeah, thinking out on about that stuff is so cool. But then when you're thinking about it, you're like, man, that was all so stupid. Like it would run out of battery. And it's like, if it's not vibrating, then like it messes <laughs> up the entire image and all those things. Exactly. But, but I couldn't agree more. Like one of my favorite things to do is going back, pulling up like the raw footage of the projects that I worked on. And then I regrade yes. them and I just go, like, I feel so embarrassed that I want to reimburse those companies that I work for. And I just want to <laughs> give them their money back. I, I wanted to yeah. be like, dude, I was just a full on jerk, like acting like I knew what I, I was doing, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, completely. Man, I've had those moments as well. I, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to go back through old footage 
um, and revisit them through the, through the colouring process and seeing you know, what I know today, what I could bring back to that. Um, and I think one of the most important things that I've learnt is, is not just how much I've improved with, with colouring, but also how much I've improved with lighting um, and, you know, being able to light, to know what I know about today with shaping light and take that back then would make a world of difference as well. Um, so again, all the difference goes back to being that jack of all trades at the start to, to respect and yes. understand everything to bring us back to where we are today and, and be, uh, you know, in that profession um, and, and making a name for yourself and, and, and making some real dollars. Um, so, man, everyone should just be picking up the camera, going out there and just doing whatever they can. It's like and, there's, and, yeah. there's just literally, and we're going to start wrapping up because Instagram kills you at one hour. So it's like it's going to drop out. So before that, I want to I wanna head out properly. But I just want to say one last thing is that, you know, for everybody that's listening, that's just starting out, like you guys kind of have to take it easy with like overcomplicating things for you. Like, you know, I just hear so many people talk about, Hey, Kazi, the Joker tutorial was great. What about ASUS, man? Are you going to show us ASUS? Are you going to do HDR? What about Rec 2020, bro? And it's like, I when I hear those terms, I just know where it's coming from. Like, who's talking, yeah. you know? And I just want to yeah. be like, bro, like, just, like, your monitor can't even read Rec 2020. Like, if I were to make a YouTube video that's an HDR, it's not going to be trimmed properly because I don't have, have license to Dol Dolby Vision. So then when I'm going to yeah. put it up, it's going to look like garbage in Rec 709 and you're going to question my grading when your monitor sucks and you can't, you're not even watching it in HDR. We're not ready for it. It's going to take a minute. Exactly. Who's ready for it is like those big studios and they put a lot of freaking dollar behind it to produce those movies. Like, just take it easy. Like, learn the basics. Like, so many people are just like, dude, why do you push primaries so much? And I'm just like, because everything can be achieved just using primaries. Like exactly. keep it freaking simple. That's it. Like just keep it simple. Yes. Like you said, like pick up a Canon 7D and install like CineStyle and start yep. doing some damage. Like it's okay. Like it, you just don't need to go freaking crazy on like those tiny details when you're not even looking at the big picture. Like, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, so, so that's, that's all I'm saying. And it obviously like, a lot of that credit goes to like my mentor, you know, this dude is just a freaking legend. He worked on so many big movies and this dude, like this, he just taught me like the simplest thing. Like he just said, Kazi, you'll be surprised when you look at the no trees from some of the biggest movies that you can think of. He's like, I'm talking like, like three to eight nodes. And oh yeah, like, yeah. he's like, you're going to be freaking blown away. And he's like some of the big like colors that he mentioned, he's like, that's all they're doing. So then like he just more than even like hands on him showing me how to do it. He just gave me the permission that what I was doing was right. Just keep going with it. Yeah. But even like, like, you know, go harder on that than like creating 30 nodes and blah, 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 and overcomplicate. So anyways, yeah. like I'm going there for too long. Um, give us give people the, you know, who are new to this business, your advice, what were some of like the breakthroughs when you were starting out that kind of changed your life? Is there something that you can give, you know, to people and just share with people who are just starting out that can just like really blow them up? Go for it. Well, gee whiz. I think, I mean, we've been talking about, it. I think that's just, just go take a camera, go shoot, you know, and, and that troubleshooting at the end, learning from what you've done is the, is the most important thing. So, you know, shoot family videos, you know, go out and make travel films, you know, learn all the processes behind that 
and uh, you know research. You know the internet's got so much on it. Internet, uh, yeah, exactly, man. Like that's just just soak it all in. Google the questions that you have, um, and don't you know? I suppose don't get stuck in the rut of thinking something that you've read in a forum or heard yes. someone say yes. that that's Stay the way to go. Stay away from the freaking forums, dude. I freaking yeah, hate yeah, forums. Like, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's not short on an Ari, so it's not going to be good. No, that's, yeah. that's complete bullshit. Don't yeah. worry about that. Go out and shoot and um, and learn. Like that's and there's there's no there's no there's no shortcut. And there's people out like yourself I love that it. there's not. Uh, there's not. You know, that are teaching people and giving them. Um, you know, a, a step up, and you know that's that's what people need to be looking out for. Not not shutting people down. Um, you know, Beautiful. those relationships, the people that you work with, foster those and and make some great stuff and learn from it. That's that's the way out because people will start noticing it. Joe, all right, it's going to be over soon. So tell people where they can go to look at your page, look at your website, Vimeo link, whatever you got. Just just shout it out. Every. Everything's on my website, meetjoelblack.com, um, or my production company, tommyrock.com. And we've got everything there, some, uh, some things that you can check out, some showreels, and a bit about us. Brother, you're a freaking boss. Thank you so much for joining. This is Thanks, so freaking man. great. We're going to have to do it again. We'll probably Love like, pick to. a niche, and we're just going to like just hone right in on that. Maybe Let's like do talking it. about like sheet and metal or something. Thank you so much, brother. Sounds like a plan. See you, man. Have a good one. Bye. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.